Rich Eisen. He is one of the all-time. Rich Eisen. Absolute friggin' greats. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't see no competition. With guest host, Ryan Leaf. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Hey, Rich. Huge fan. Love your show. Listen to it every day. Thanks, brother. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. NBA analyst Rick Buecher. Oregon State head coach Wayne Tinkle. Coming up. Colts owner Jim Irsay. And now. Sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Everybody to the Rich Eisen Show. I am your guest host, Ryan David Leaf, filling in for Rich. To my right, TJ Jefferson, new addition to my guest hosting days, the ones and twos, man. EJ. Michael Del Tufo and hey. Brock Shady. Yo, yo, What's up, Ryan? Um, good show, fun show. Oh, we're having oh, yeah. so much fun right now. We got a lot of big news, too. What do we got uh, in terms of news of the day over there, Mr. Uh, there's so much popping in the NFL. It's, uh, you know, Mike, it never ends. It the never NFL, ends. just nonstop, just a content machine. Season never ends. All right. Yeah. It's content machine. It's the NFL. This is what we do here. There's also a little bit of NBA. But first, come on. I need my proper introduction, Mike. Let's hit it. <laughs> and now, with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment, Someone who is not a journalist or newsman by any definition of the word whatsoever. It's Chris Brockman. And then I get disrespected like that. I mean, come, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. American Faroa. <laughs> Enough said. By the way, that horse owes me something. Ever since that, he won the Triple Crown. All right, some, M- some NFL news. Let's hit across the league right now. I, this one kind of surprised me. I don't know what you think about this, Ryan. Patriots giving James White one year, $2.5 million, fully guaranteed deal to come back to the team. Deal is official. There were a lot of reports out there, a lot of thoughts that he might go down to Tampa and join Tom Brady since it doesn't look like they are going to be able to reach a deal with Leonard Fournette to team up there and kind of get the band back together down in Tampa, join Gronk and Brady. But he's going to stick in New England. James White stays in New England. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really ask you about what the Patriots have done. Obviously, they've big spenders in free agency. Cam Newton's back. Do you like what they've done? Do you think they're players in the AFC East again, in the AFC? How do you view the Patriots offseason so far? They're always going to be players in the AFC East. It's just it's what it's going to be under Bill Belichick. He is that good of a coach. Um, a lot of factors came into last year, right? A ton of opt-outs, a ton. Uh, COVID to their quarterback when he was probably playing the best uh, during the season. Absolutely, yeah. Um, a little surprised that they re-signed him. Well, bet me too. I was a little bit surprised there, but clearly they were at a position at the quarterback where they now. I mean, they have the capital now available to go try to make other moves at the quarterback position. So I loved what 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 is hard to fathom though is them going out and paying. You know what, twelve and a half million per tight end that they got this year at Hunter Henry <laughs> when they drafted two tight ends a Last year ago year. in the third round. It right. it shows that they've not been very good drafting players. Nikhil Harry True. at the wide receiver position in the yeah, first trade round. Rumors for him right now, where they hit, where other teams have hit with big time receivers. So, you know, it's a kind of a wait and see thing. Brian Dable staying put in Buffalo really damaging for everybody else in the AFC East. Yeah, when they kept advancing to the AFC Championship. And 
the Los Angeles Chargers weren't able to wait and go after him because they were afraid they were going to miss out on all the assistant coaches and all the things they needed to get in place and Brian Dable staying put, that was a bad thing for the league because he has made such an important difference in the life of, uh, of Josh Allen there. And to have him another year, wow. Also, Mitchell Trubisky going there and getting a year to learn under Brian Dable. That could do a lot for the young man who, who's maybe just kind of taking a year off, Jameis Winston style, in Buffalo next year. You mentioned Mitch Trubisky, and I want to ask you about that. What do you think went wrong for him? In Chicago, where now he goes from the second overall pick, playoffs, to just completely the wheels falling off, and now he's got to be a backup uh, to kind of wait kind of a year before he maybe gets another opportunity, if he ever gets another opportunity to be an NFL starter. Well, I mean, this is exactly the same thing that's, you know, when you're drafted in a draft class alongside Deshaun Watson and, and Patrick Mahomes, who went later. Right. And who have been so successful, Patrick Mahomes in particular. Sure. Um the expectations game goes goes way up. Now, don't forget, this is a quarterback who's been to a Pro Bowl, who's gone to two playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and if it weren't for a kicker that sounded like he wanted to be on Good Morning America more than he did to win a playoff game, <laughs> right. doink, doink. you know, doink, 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 you know, he's advancing into the playoffs again. So, I mean, he looked pretty good for those three games leading up to the Green Bay game this year. And then when they get, got up against two pretty good defenses in New Orleans and Green Bay. You know, he kind of regressed to what what we've seen in the past. So expectations for young quarterbacks are huge. They always have been. It is not as detrimental to the organization when you miss out on one now, where the guaranteed money is astronomical. Like when I when I busted in San Diego, you know, it, it was it, it put the team down for a good two or three years. Now it allowed to go get Ladanian Tomlinson and get Drew Brees, which started the momentum forward, but you know, it, it, you can miss out on a quarterback. And I don't necessarily think they missed on Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think the team's been very good. I think Matt Nagy is, uh, you know, kind of hit and miss in terms. And they also play in a division where there's Aaron Rodgers, guys. I mean, you just, sure, sure, you're going sure. up against, a, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback uh, who got a new head coach and has gone 13 and three in their first two years, I think. But George Seifert's the only guy that's been better than, than, than LaFleur there right. in his first two years. So, uh, I think it's a good spot for him. I was surprised. I actually thought he might come back to Chicago with the way things were going down and they're missing on Deshaun Watson, with their missing on Russell Wilson uh, and, and not being able to get a trade done. Um, and, and in that sense, I thought he might resign as a free agent. I was glad to see him go someplace else, a place where he can kind of maybe just disappear a little bit. I think Jameis Winston did a great job of that this year. Can prove to his teammates. Now, it's not like he's got a veteran quarterback that's about to step off the map like Drew Brees in New Orleans, but he is an opportunity, hopefully with the preseason, to put some stuff on film and what he can do in Brian Dable's offense. Yeah, and and it's it's funny you mentioned the you know the guys in his draft class who'll always be compared to. It also doesn't make that spotlight any you know shine any less when the team traded up to get you. So you're also kind of dealing with that. We have a lot of similarities. If you're Trubisky, San Diego traded up to get me at two, or at least to get one of us at one or two. Um, there are a lot of similarities there between Mitchell and I. Yeah. What advice would you give uh, Mitch heading into this? Keep doing what you're season? doing. I think he's handled himself uh, impeccably. You know, with the, the amount of pressure that comes with it, I think he understands that he gets to play football for a living. Yep. He understands there's unreal, you know, unrealistic expectations that exist because the institution of football in this country. I think he's handled himself 
wonderfully. I think the free agent, you know, not getting the, the option picked up, knowing that he was going to be a free agent at the end of this year, taking a look at everything he needed to take a look at and going to a place where he thinks he can develop. Now, hey, if you're not a starting quarterback again in the NFL, so be it. It's something I couldn't handle. I couldn't deal with it. And when I was told I was going to be that in Seattle, not only that, but the mental health issues I was dealing with, I just chose to quit. You look at Chase Daniel, you look at Luke McComb, McNown, uh, guys who would play Dan Orlovsky, who would play 10, 11, 12 years, and in the business of football, get to play football for a living and make millions and millions of dollars. So if that were to happen to Mitchell Trubisky, you know, Boo-hoo, cry me a river, people. All right? He's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to be fine. Hopefully he does get another opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Mariota decides to stay put in Las Vegas. Thinks he has a better chance maybe of getting a job there. Derek Carr goes down. And uh, Jameis Winston looks like he's going to get a shot to compete for the job with Taysom Hill in New Orleans. So it's very rare, though, when a, a highly drafted quarterback moves on not by his own fruition, do we ever really see him again uh, as a starting quarterback in this yeah. league? And you know, Ryan, the difference is you, you compared yourself to Mitchell, but the fact with you is you were clear cut, like at number two or 1A or 1B, however you want to put it, at number two, no one is questioning Ryan Leaf's name being called right there. But for Trubisky, yeah, passing shock. up these other guys, right, like right. that's the difference. Like you, your spot was secure. Like everyone knew. Right. All right. This is the guy right here. It's but- not his fault that the Chicago Bears thought more of him than maybe what it was warranted. You know, um, That's a good point. Once a yeah. team falls in love with you, like like the Cleveland Browns, right? When I was when I was studying Baker Mayfield, there were there weren't many first round grades on him anywhere, but Dorsey. And that crew loved him, Mm -hmm. and they thought he was going to be the change. Now, it looked like it's panned out. There's been some hit-and-miss moments, but he just took his team to the AFC Divisionals uh, without their best wide receiver on the roster because of injury and and did it in impressive fashion. So if a team loves you and they fall in love with you, they'll draft whoever they want to draft, you know? And and that was the case right there. Uh, Because I I worked the Combine that year, and I had Deshaun – and Patrick and Mitchell all in my group. And I spent plenty of time with them. And all three of them were exceptional leaders in a group of alpha males. They were really, really good. So it didn't surprise me a ton when Chicago, I mean, a lot of people didn't think a quarterback from Texas Tech who did not have a winning record would be a, <laughs> you know, and don't forget he didn't start. Yeah. Right? He didn't start his whole first year. Now Alex he, Smith was there. Yeah, he started week 17 because they were resting guys. Right? And Deshaun Watson. He gets the opportunity, and he's made the most of it. He was very good last year, but guess what? They also haven't won. I mean, he's won one playoff game. Yep. You know, and uh, so it. I'm not. I'm not. I don't like using the bust word for anybody else. You know, I. That's not, and you won't hear it from peers. Mostly, you'll hear it from media and fans and stuff. That word. Yeah. He certainly doesn't fit that bill at all. I don't care if you're drafted first overall and you move on. I mean, would you call Marcus Mariota a bust? Would you call uh, Jameis Winston a bust. Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards two years ago. Yeah, he did. So he also threw 30 plus touch he interceptions. Plus. You know? and he actually threw 33 touchdowns, I believe. <laughs> 30, 30 for 30. All right, one last uh, bit of NFL news before we get to break here and talk to Mr. Ursay. 
A little Tampa Bay Buccaneers news, Super Bowl champs. They're close to bringing the band all the way back together. They extend, tackle Donovan Smith for $30 guaranteed million over the next two years, and they reached a one-year deal with Indomitian Sue for a max deal of $10 bucks. Still working on Antonio Brown, still working on Leonard Fournette, uh, but the Bucks are close to getting the band back together. Do you like the Bucks Super Bowl chances in 2021, Ryan Lee? By far the easiest bet right now is pick the Bucks to win the Super Bowl again here in L.A. Watch Tom party for number eight in L.A. Unbelievable. Um, Are you shocked that he did it again, that they did a it? A little bit. You and I talked about it when I hosted the show when it signing first happened. I thought they would be an eight and eight team. Now, there was a moment where it looked like they could have been that team. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they just, they, it, it clicked. Things started moving in the right direction. They were seven and five. And he was as good as anybody down the stretch. Um, the team bought in. Defense got so much better. Todd Boyle's defense was, was spectacular. The reason why they won that Super Bowl was because of how they could pressure Patrick Mahomes. Um, and so I, I don't see anybody out there that can vie for it. I, I could see the Green Bay Packers once again, but clearly they got outplayed in the NFC Championship in their home stadium. Yeah, I, I do not see anything changing. And I also am not surprised at all if Leonard Fournette or Antonio Brown are no longer there. You know, this was a rehabilitating stop for them where they won championships, where they were not necessarily incredible contributors. Scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Exactly. And, um, but I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see either one of them looking at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and everybody did for them as like loyalty to come back. I see them both going, we're going to, we're going to cash in. We're going to cash in on what this is. So, Hey, when we come back, we're going to go to uh, Jim Ursay, the Indianapolis Colts owner and CEO. Talk about a little 1998 draft and the Hunter S Thompson letter. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in store and now save 40 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com this is the rich eisen show welcome everybody back to the rich eisen show i'm ryan lee filling in for rich uh you know we we're talking about our kiddos, our giant kiddos. Giant um, <laughs> a 6'9 golfer, though. No. That would be like a record. Well, I tell you what. I cut him the clubs. He loves, you know, we'll go out and we'll hit a couple balls, and but then he, he flips them around and turns them into swords, and he wants to play a fight with them. <laughs> of a, course. So that's what it's become. Uh, you know, we did the whole Disney Plus thing and, and show, showed him the movie Raya and The Last mm-hmm. Dragon, and so now he wants to be Raya and wants to sword fight. So, you know, that's the, that's the new thing with us. So I was on this show uh, a few years ago, and I brought in this letter that I received. Uh, I didn't know if it was real. I didn't know if it was true, but I sent it to Rich, and I said, hey, let's take a look at this. This would be really interesting to go about. Here was the, the segment with Rich when I came on the show talking about this letter. This is a letter written in March of 1998 to Colts owner Jim Ursay, who at the time, a month away in the draft, the decision between you and Peyton Manning. Right. It's from Hunter S. Thompson. (laughs) Oh, dear James. Dear James. Dear James, in response to your addled request for a quick $30 million loan to secure the services of the Manning kid, I have to say no at this time. But the Leaf Boy is another matter. He looks strong and Manning doesn't, or at least not strong enough to handle that welcome to the NFL business for two years without a world-class offensive line. How are you fixed at left OT for the next few years, James? Think about it. You don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. (laughs) Okay, let me know if you need some money for Leaf. I expect to be very rich when this Depp movie comes out. Your faithful consultant, Hunter, and it's signed HST, with at the bottom scrawled in uh, handwriting, CC John Walsh ESPN and CC Colonel Depp. How did you come into possession of this letter? So I'm a Chicago Cubs fan, and they were in town last week, and I was sitting there behind the, the dugout, and a guy- In LA, here. In, here in LA, and a guy tapped me on the shoulder and, and said, are you Ryan? Are you Ryan Leaf? I said, yes, sir. And, and he said, uh, man, I'm just, you know, such a fan of what you're doing now with the foundation and everything like that. And he just, we talked for a little bit. And he's like, have you ever, have you ever seen that the Hunter S. Thompson letter? And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Would you like to see it? And I said, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I didn't believe it for a second, right? And there it came in the email and I showed it to my, my fiance, who's a, a huge Hunter S. Thompson fan. And we read it and I just, the absurdity of the fact that A, Hunter S. Thompson knew who I was and B, that he was he was trying to persuade Mr. Ursay to draft me instead was just comical. And tw- not to see it for 20 years, how does it, it just, it's just nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Right. I called John Walsh of ESPN, and he says, because he's known Hunter and his family's known Hunter S for, for years, he said his wife was like, why are they thinking it's not real? And as a matter of fact, it's a thousand percent real. Wow. Wow. And Hunter S. Thompson was a huge NFL fan. 
And obviously an opinion on, on the 1998 draft. Well, I think now that we know that a lot of people had an opinion on the 1998 <laughs> NFL draft. This and is amazing. Isn't that amazing? I love that line is that you don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. The irony That's of all this, Lauren. right? The That's irony true. of this, he would go on and play, start the most consecutive games of anybody. That's and I would be injured going into year two and miss the entire oh, season. So we're just... Just reminding people. Strong, underlined. Yes, strong. strong. Welcome back. And guess what? This is pretty cool for me. Uh, The the person that that letter was addressed to, Mr. Uh, Jim Ursay, CEO and owner of the Indianapolis Colts, joins us now. Mr. Ursay, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Ryan. I'm doing well. Thank you. (laughs) uh, You make me smile to... To think about my old friend Hunter, uh, it's been you know 2005 since we lost him, and and uh, time flies by awfully quick. But uh, but it's um, it's a, a joy to be on here talking about Hunter's legacy some, and and certainly um, really uh, uh, you know thrilled to be on with you. We, you know we haven't talked uh, much through the years, and um, you know I'm just. Uh, I'm just really excited how, how great you're doing, and, and a big fan of, of um, you know uh, of your life and where you are at this point. Uh, it, it just shows um, a lot of courage, and I, I'm just really excited uh, to be here because you know we were all part of history back there in 1998, and it, and it was a very interesting time. Um, so when you got this letter. From Hunter S. Thompson, who is talking to you blatantly about a couple guys that you were invested in. What, what, what did you think when you received this letter? And what were you thinking in terms of, were you allowing the guys that you hired, Bill Polian and Jim Moore and everybody, to make the decision? Or was, hey, was I just that big, flashy, strong guy that wasn't going to get crushed by sap freaks that you wanted as well? <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, with Hunter, we were really good friends, and, and we had... Many many conversations um, uh, and laughs and and I always tried to kind of catch Hunter when when he was uh, you know kind of on the straight and narrow which which was kind of hard to catch sometimes <laughs> but uh, I, I would because he's one of the most brilliant men uh, I've ever met and and being a writer myself Dylan Thomas and Hunter are my two favorite writers ever and. Um, you know, going back to that time, I, I tell you, you know, I can unequivocally say it was a very, very close call. Um, it, a, a lot of people in the league, um, it, I won't say it's 50-50, but it could have been 60-40 one way or the other. Um, it, it, it was a very difficult decision. Bill Polian and I talked and had many, many long talks. And in the end... Um, made the decision towards Peyton, but it was really a close call. I had um, a, a long, long trusted individual um, who'd been in the NFL a long time, just hours before the draft, and he said, he said I'd take Ryan, you know, um, <laughs> over Peyton. But, but in the end, Bill and I um, just, just, you know, we, we just kind of felt that, that um, you know, that, that we were going to be um, better off um, – Picking Peyton, but again, it was it was very close, and people forget how close it was back then, 
because really it was close to flipping a coin close. Well, you know what? I, I think he I think he made the the right choice, and may, maybe maybe Colonel Depp had something to to say about it too, and who was cc'd there at the end of that letter. Um, um. Well, no question. I tell you, can I? Uh, I, I want to just uh, real briefly, you know, read something that that Hunter wrote me um, in May fifth of nineteen ninety seven, right before that letter, and uh, on an original copy of Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, he scrawled out um, this this uh, barrage of words at me. And uh, Cameron Crowe, the great uh, director in Hollywood, and, um, and uh, you know Jerry Maguire, when when Cameron read it, he said, "Man, that's some of Hunter's best work." But but what I'm going to do now is um, I I have um, uh, this this to read, and this is Hunter, um, uh, May fifth, nineteen ninety seven, um, scrawling some. Mad words at me as he scrawled about uh, you coming out in the draft. So, so here we go on on uh, three, two, one. To Jim Irsay, the Colts suck because you diss the whole concept of team or even gang. The Colts act like a third world transient in a holding pen with just enough whiskey and weirdness and talent to be competitive, but soon they will start getting busted. Small things at first, but soon bigger and faster and uglier, and your shame will be as the shame of many of your days, which will be spastic episodes full of crooked cops and wrongful dishonor. That is what I see in your future, James. For yesterday, you poor bastards, because... You're too dumb to even fake a team concept or even to say the word we in public. That's why you can't have any fun with the Colts, and you won't have any fun with the Browns or the Whores or the Globetrotters. Be careful, James. Your greed-crazed outbursts are beginning to rub off on people. Oh wow! How did you two two become friends, and how did you have this this relationship where where he could just blatantly just come talk to you like that? Uh, You know, I tell you, uh, a couple guys. You know, uh, Cameron Crow. I helped out on Jerry Maguire, and and Cameron had had known Hunter through the years uh, with the on at Rolling Stone and everything, and and um, and then uh, Doug Brinkley. Uh, just a well-known great writer in this country. Um, a lot of political biographies and on CNN a lot. Doug was kind of like an understudy for Hunter and kind of helped Hunter keep it together. Um, you know, when Hunter, you know, wasn't that eager to pick up the pen and work very much, you know, and, and John Wallace used to go up there and, uh, and, uh, you know, I talked to John and Hunter would be there and it'd be all times of the night, you know, with Hunter, he'd wake up at like you know five thirty in the afternoon and go to sleep at like you know eight or eight thirty you know mountain time so you had to you know if you couldn't sleep you could always call up hunter uh... for some friendly advice or some fun uh... his schedule was like none other but um... i, I tell you it, it, it was just so hilarious um, just just because he he just loved the nfl so much um, and you know Honestly, Ryan, he was a, a big-hearted guy, a grandfather, and, um, uh, you know, I, I, 
I tried to talk to him some about about getting sober and those sorts of things, but you know, it just he just didn't have that interest, and you know, it was heartbreaking um, when the suicide happened um, and everything. You know, Anita's wife I knew well, and um, it, it's just tough. You know, he covered Hemingway's suicide in '59 as a young journalist, and he had it set in his mind that when his body, you know, was given out too much, um, that was going to be that, you know, and, and I talked to him the day before he committed suicide, and, and uh, you know, he just was different, you know, he said, you know, I love you, James, and he never talked like that, you know, no. and I said, man, what are you talking about, and, um, you know, the next day, you know, it, it, it kind of happened, and, and uh, you know, it was really, really painful, because, you know, when you lose someone um, to suicide, you know, at, at first, uh, you're kind of pissed off. Right. right? You're, uh, you're like, damn it, Hunter. You know, he was 67 in 2005, so, you know, now he'd be 83 years old. But um, but, but he was he was something, a one-of-a-kind, no doubt. And, and we had so many funny conversations. And, and boy, he, he loved the NFL and loved football. And, and um, uh just an American icon, just really a brilliant man, one of the three or four smartest guys I ever met in my life. The guy was incredible, and, and uh, um, you know, it, it was a big loss when we, when we lost him, um, but it was great, uh, you know, the impact he left with his writing um, is, is just incredible, and I and, uh, miss him to this day, man. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing some of that. Um... I told the story a little bit earlier. I think it was three years ago. I was in Indianapolis uh, speaking at a recovery event, uh, the Healing Place, and a friend of mine uh, reached uh, across to me after the event and said, "Hey, Mr. Ursay and, and Ryan Ballard would love for you to come over to the facility and and say hi and and see him on uh, in the war room on draft night." And uh, I was just taken aback. You know, it, for the longest time, I looked at you know, my NFL career is, is so toxic. And once I left prison and got sober and found this new way of life, the relationships that I built and made, uh, and I just want to tell you personally, that, that night was, it was incredibly meaningful to me. Uh, and it's something I always look back to as a, as a kind of a, a shining um, beacon on, on where, I've, where I've come from and where I'm going. Well, I mean, that's so awesome. I mean, like Darius Leonard says in Kick the Stigma, PSA that's been going around that we put together, you know, it's all right not to be all right, right. you know, and, 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 you know, you've helped so many people, um, just coming through what you've come through, you know, your straight home and experience, um, it is going to change a lot of people's lives and you might be able to help that, that young quarterback coming out of college at 22 and say, Hey, um, think a little bit before you make some of those turns because you might be, you know, in the wrong part of town if you're not careful. And uh, it's tough. Guys come out 22 years old. They're instant millionaires. Um, people say, why is that tough? That's the luckiest thing in the world. But, um, you know, if, uh, you know, let an alcoholic win the lottery and you got trouble, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't usually go well. But um, as you know, uh, you know, you you know, you really are are, are a blessing, and 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 you're you're here for a reason, and God um, has a purpose for you, 
and to see you so strong and doing so well, um, I, I, I mean, it, it's just such a testament to um, what we have to do in this life. Because it's really, you know, to me, it's about the spiritual struggle. Because whether it's alcohol or drugs or depression or no matter what you go through, um, it, it's it, you know, as we say, we're we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, but we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, that that's really, to me, the, the, the biggest thing is we all are faced with tough spiritual crossroads. And, and uh, you know, it breaks my heart sometimes to see humans judge humans because, you know, we have no business judging. You know, I leave that to a power I call God and and. You know, my business is to love and forgive, you know, and, and uh, the rest um, is in God's hands. And, and so, um, you know, it's, it's an awesome thing, you know, to sit here in 2021 in March, and, and here you are, here I am, you're hosting the show, uh, you know, looking so, so strong and, and doing so well. It's, it's incredible. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, we, we really do... Uh, I know I do. I try to reach out to all our players that that have gone through difficult times in in any way, shape, or form. And you're always rooting for for things to get better. And and uh, um, the work you're doing um, is tremendous, Ryan. And and really, um, I, I you know just so proud to see how awesome you're doing. And and we're all locked in that moment in '98. In, in NFL history because it really was one of the greatest draft years and moments ever. And, uh, you know, God has its reasons why things work out, but we're both here um, happy and healthy on this day, and that's certainly a testament to amazing grace, brother. It is. It definitely is. Thank you for all that. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Hey, uh, uh, before we get you out of here, when, when you know, as an owner – does word get back to you like the war room when when Bill Polian and Jim Moore and all, all the scouts are in there and they're they're talking about hey you know you need to go with this Leaf guy and then there's another version of like no we have to go with the Manning Manning ones I mean how much of that gets back to the owner uh, ultimately and when it was all said and done did the Manning troop did they turn around and be like hey I told you so I told you this was the way it was supposed to go <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, really, it, you know, for me, first of all, you know, this is my 50th year in the league, you know, so I started in training camp in Golden, Colorado 50 years ago, Johnny Unitas nudging me in, in the, in the you know, lunchroom uh, saying, move your ass, son, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Johnny Unitas sat next to me, and, and the rest is history unfurling, but, you know, before me as time went along, so I... You know, I started picking up, you know, jock straps in the locker room for five bucks a week, and and did every job in the organization, and you know, was general manager at 24. So, um, you know, it's a little different from my perspective. Um, uh, when I hired Bill Polian, him and I were colleagues. I mean, him and I and Steve Gutman and George Young are the ones who developed the draft under Roselle's direction in the late 80s in New York. Um, the, the the cap. I mean. That, that we see today um, and uh, and so with, with Bill and I and, and, and those sorts of things uh, you know my, my thing is to be supportive because I know how hard it is to be a general manager and, and the pressures that are on you um, and and really you know 
Peyton, um, not at all. I mean, you know, Peyton's such a, a tremendous guy, obviously, uh, going, uh, you know, into the Hall of Fame this August. And, and uh, you know, I can't say enough about him and, and just his humility and his appreciation. I mean, look at, um, he knows it's tough to play quarterback in this league and to be a big-time college player, to be, you know, even drafted, much less drafted in the first round, much less drafted in the first two picks. I mean, that's just incredible. And, um, you know, sometimes circumstances happen where it, it just doesn't work out that way, and that's just the way it is. But but he's always been incredible and, and, and humble about it, and, and uh, you know, because he knows how hard he had to work, um, you know, to overcome and to, to be great like, like he became. So um, it, it's 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 awesome and ironically also today Ryan is um the 50 year anniversary that Hunter S Thompson sat in the polo lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel in Los Angeles which I know well uh and headed off to Vegas for um you know the fame is fear and loathing in Las Vegas <laughs> so um it was a long time ago uh um, him and his counterpart are having a pre-drink before they hit the road. Um, little did he know, you know, that uh, that he was going to be, um, uh, you know, sniffing ether halfway. <laughs> like you said, it was around Barstow where the, when the drugs kicked in. Yeah. The famous line in the book, and and uh, uh, you know that read is quite a a madness. Uh, read a journey but it's it's really great writing it, it more than anything it's just incredible the way hunter could turn you know checking into a hotel uh hunter turns it into you know a, a lion country safari adventure i mean you know he was just such a great writer and and um uh you know through it all um that's what he's remembered as not not the craziness and the drugs and alcohol that all that stuff is just a sideshow but 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 what a writer he was. I mean, one of the, the greatest American writers ever, and that's how I'll always treasure and remember him so much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're listening to Jim Ursay, owner and CEO of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Mr. Ursay, thank you for taking the time today to talk about Hunter, to talk about 1998, and just uh, continue to be a, a beacon for, for those who still struggle. I appreciate you a ton. Well, thank you, and, and thanks for having me, Ryan, and Good luck with the show. I'll reek big shoes to fill with Rich gone. <laughs> yeah. I heard he just made a double bogey in, in Hawaii. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't be a surprise. So. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, take care, and, and God bless, man. Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye now. Jim Ursay. That was incredible. Was it? That was incredible. Yeah, that was, that was I great. was too. Wow. Oh my like, gosh, that was amazing. That was okay, good. All right, yeah. This was this was Rich's idea. He he called me yesterday out of the blue and said and asked me. You know, it was how kind of him. He said, "Hey, would you mind? Uh, you know, what if, what do you think about this idea? If we had Jim Ursay on to talk about the, the Hunter S. Thompson letter and you know the 1998 draft and everything, I said, great. So that would be a great cool. segment. So uh, we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back. Uh, with your calls, call us at 844-204-RICH. You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. Filling in for Rich Eisen, Ryan Leaf. We'll be right back. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich Eisen, TJ Jefferson to my right, Mike Del Tufo on the ones and twos, Chris Brockman, round and third. <laughs> Monaco to Elsa Gun. <laughs> uh, hey, Brockman, do we got any? Do we got any guys? Uh, anybody on the on the phones that want to talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were hitting up the uh, the Breakfast Club thing all day. So give us a call if you want to uh, weigh in with your detention group, one athlete, actor, musician, and broadcaster with yourself. But let's go to the phones. This guy wants to talk Eagles. Eric in Oklahoma, line one. Hey, what's up, Ryan? What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for all you do with, like, mental health and, like, mental health with athletes. I think it's amazing. As someone who deals with mental health myself, I just want to say thank you for speaking out about the stuff you struggle with. Uh, it's super inspirational. Um, but on to the, where the majority – I wouldn't say the majority, about a quarter of where my mental health stems from, the Eagles – um, uh, uh, I can't help but feel the Eagles are entering into this dark age, and I don't feel like it's being spoken about enough. We just won a Super Bowl like three years ago. I don't know what uh, – nobody's talking about it, but th- the fact that our best receiver is, what, uh, Jalen Rieger, and our best player is a 30-year-old defensive lineman and Fletcher Cox, I just I, – I don't, I don't know what to think about the situation in Philly. I'm just curious as to why it's not being talked about more and how it's just falling apart after three years. Well, I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, you know, if you're, you know, one of my uh, one of my good friends, Kevin Nandi, he's going through a lot of depression right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, on the highs of winning the Super Bowl, but hey, you did it to yourselves. All right, you had a very capable quarterback right there in Carson Wentz and for whatever reason a year ago Doug Peterson asked him to be somebody he wasn't because the guy took care of the football better than anybody the first few years in the league he is was an MVP candidate of the year they would go on and win the Super Bowl uh and for whatever reason they asked him to be more aggressive last year and he turned it over a bunch and he got all the blame and Doug Peterson did not give him any protection so I was happy to see Doug go surprised as hell to see Carson Wentz then be shown the door. And guess what? It's a question I probably should have asked Jim Irsay now that they have Carson Wentz on that staff, but that's the big part of it. You have a franchise quarterback. Now you got a good one in Jalen Hurts, but the team is in a spiral and it's and I, to your point, it, it is, it is going down the rabbit hole in terms of what that's going to look like. Luckily for them, they play in the NFC East and you can win that division at five and 11. I'm just saying, all right. 
What else Settle down just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jerry. I'm serious, though. I don't care if you got Dak back. You guys were terrible with Dak earlier in this season. You, you know, let's go to the next call. All right, line two. Line two, Sam in Fort Worth, Texas. Sam, what's up? Well, let's answer a couple first. I think you'd have to spend the day with Bird from just a trash-talking story standpoint. Ooh, good one. Uh, Adele, love her or not, she is one fun gal for a day in London would not be bad. And if he's having a good day, is there anyone better than McConaughey? Nope, probably not. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Those are pretty good. Those are pretty good hey, ones. Hey, Ryan, question for you. Yes, sir. With your experience in playing at a level that a very, very small percentage of people could ever even dream of playing, do you agree with the prognosticators, pundits, in their evaluations at almost any position more often than not, or do you sit back most of the time with the experts and just laugh at what they say? Do you find yourself agreeing with them more often or not? I, I tend to take it, you know, I have a different perspective. I, there are some I agree with. Uh, Dan Orlovsky is usually pretty spot on. He's done a, done a heck of a job. Um, but there's a lot of them out there that I just, I know what they're doing. You know, they're, it, it's, it's a hot take type of thing. Um, I'm, nece- I'm not necessarily going to say anything that, that it, it's my truth. That's, that's all it is. It's what I see. It's what I believe. If I'm completely wrong, uh, if I'm old takes, ex- old takes exposed later down the line, that's fine. You know, I just, uh, uh, I take it kind of with a grain of salt and let it play out. So what do they most miss in your opinion when they're evaluating the quarterback position? What, what do they often think that they proclaim they know, but they're generally have no idea. The expectation, right? Like, uh, the, this guy sucks. You know, this, you know, if you've played the position, you know how difficult it is. One of the first questions I would ever want to ask somebody like Peyton Manning is like, how did you do it? Because I know how damn difficult it is. And so I always am, you know, when I hear people talk about somebody and how quickly to dismiss somebody, you know how good you have to be to be here and the exceptional that get past that. That's, that's the biggest misconception, I think, when we hear people talk about quarterback play. Awesome. Love it. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Okay, guys. Um, we're going to get to more calls in just one second. My musician. Yes. Yep. To, so, so recap your list here. First, all right. Ryan. So Kurt Russell is a, as an actor. Kurt Russell, actor. Tiger is the athlete. Okay. Tupac is the musician. Ooh. All Eyes on Me, man. That, that album. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's my good. college experience. Dear Mama. <laughs> uh, it is. I mean, that's... Um, I want to know. I want to know why the East Coast guy comes to the West Coast and all of a sudden just flips it and it turns into this... This, this East Coast, West Coast beef. Thing. You know, I'm going I'm to ask these, these questions, these tough questions that need to be asked. And the broadcaster for me is Neil Everett. Oregon alum, Sports Center, oh, L.A. Nice. Yes. Uh, that's my guy. So uh, Good one. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my guys. What about you guys, musicians? We've got a couple minutes here left. What All right, so I'm going to run them out. I think I'm going go, to go Tom Hanks, actor, uh, musician Garth Brooks, broadcaster Chris Berman, Ooh. And I love what Sam and Al, uh, in Texas said. Larry Bird. Nice. Nice, TJ. Man, this is tough, man, but I'm going to go with actor. I'm going to go with Jack Nicholson. Oof. I, I, I do have a Jack Nicholson story. Not really Peacock <laughs> acceptable, so we'll TJ save that after for later. Dark. <laughs> TJ <laughs> After Dark. Yeah, uh, yeah, athlete, yeah. that's a tough one. I'm, let's put it this way. I'm going to go off the, the beaten path a little bit. I'm going to go with a guy who has a lot of stories, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Oh, okay. I feel like sitting there with him would be amazing. Uh, as far as musician, I, I was going to go with a live people that are alive, but since you and Pac, 
I'm going to go Biggie because that's who I would want to have there. And sportscaster, you know, let's shake it up a little bit. I'm going to go Shaq because I feel like we spoke earlier, but I think Shaq would be fun to hang out with. Nice. So. You're right. A.K.A. the Black Rich Eisen. <laughs> can't, can't go wrong with that. So, yeah, I can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> well, this has, been, uh, this has been, as always, guys, a blast. Um, Kirk Morrison is going to jump in the seat tomorrow. Okay. Uh, as I have uh, some daddy duty. But I'm going to be back Friday. Yeah. Okay. Friday right. out the week. Um, and I will wear the appropriate shirt, Don Bowie, <laughs> so I do not. I wore a white hoodie today that was not TV or radio. Right, I just gotta, you know? I gotta out the You're a pro now, Ryan. You got to know yeah. this. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. So, uh, everybody job, out there, bro. Westwood One, thank you for awesome. listening. Uh, this has been the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, who's been uh, filling in for Rich today. Everybody on Peacock, stick around. We got some more for you.